All right, the Lord is good. If you believe, give me an amen. Amen. Now, before we sit down, can we just quickly declare the words of understanding as we always do? Are we ready? Now, let's take together one, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, that is what I call a declaration. And that is what you will experience today in Jesus' name. Amen. The word will enter your heart. Amen. The word comes in two dimensions. We are taught those days there is the you know, logos, that is a general counsel, the mind of God. And then there is the rima. What is the rima? It is a specific word. In fact, the way we used to define it is a specific word for a specific person at a specific time for a specific reason. Do you understand my point? Uh-huh. That word normally is a type that will get you healed suddenly. That will open the door suddenly. That will change something for you suddenly. That word comes. It's called a reminder. It just applies at that moment. That you will receive today in Jesus' name. Amen. The word will, just not be, will not just be a common word to you. But today God will tell you something that he will let you know that he's actually thinking of you. Amen. And he has a specific plan for your life. Amen. In Jesus' name you will receive it today. The Lord is good. Can you greet somebody on your left and your right? Before you sit down, tell the person, God bless you. Wisdom is your portion. You are wise with the wisdom of heaven. The Lord will speak to you today. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, let's just see whether we can round everything off today. I don't know. Let's just try. That's uh, overcoming Satan's schemes. Let's see how it goes. Satan's, Satan has schemes. He doesn't have power. We have established that. That is not a, like raw power. What we, can, what we need to do, therefore, is to outsmart him. That's a good word. You outsmart the enemy. You don't outwork him. You outsmart him. You know what he's trying to do. What he's trying to do is to have you disobey the word of God. Disobedience to the word of God empowers him in, around you. So you, don't, you are not fighting Satan. Basically, let me start with that. You are an overcomer. First and foremost, you are an overcomer. I think we should establish that. First and foremost, I am an overcomer. First and foremost, I am an overcomer. First and foremost, I am an overcomer. Yes, that's what I was waiting for. Say it, I am an overcomer. I am not trying to overcome. In Christ Jesus, I have overcome. I am not trying to. I have. In Christ, I am greater than the opponent. I am seated in a higher place. I am seated on the right hand side of God. In Christ Jesus, far above principalities and powers, far above the works of the enemy. I am an overcomer. Greater is he that is in me. Than he that is in the world. Say that like you believe it. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Say, I have overcome. I'm of good cheer because Jesus has overcome for me. 
We need to establish that for us to understand that we're not trying to overcome. These are not tricks for overcoming. These are tricks for ensuring that Satan does not gain an advantage over us. That is, he knows where we are. He has to try and bait us out of that place. Our natural place is a safe place. It's better to understand this. When Israel was in the wilderness, and Balak went to hire Balaam, and Balaam was trying to cast a spell over Israel, Israel was not aware. I always want Christians to understand that Israel was not aware. They were not aware. They were not there praying. Our enemies right now, they are walking. Enemies are walking right now. You are sleeping. How can you be sleeping? When the enemies are not sleeping, you will rise up. You will say, my enemies, you will not. Over. No, they were sleeping. They were sleeping. They were not aware anything was going on. They were sharing the manner that they had to eat. I can imagine it's only two boys' bed. His friends from the neighborhood camps had gathered. What am I going to say? They were naturally overcomers. They do not pray into victory. They are victors by nature. I hope you are getting my point. They did not pray themselves into victory. Once they came out of Egypt, do you understand my point? They were victors. You know something? I, I had a Bible. There's this fellowship. You can come join us once in a while where I'm the chaplain. It's a good fellowship, all right? It's for people who are senior citizens, all right? So if you consider yourself a senior citizen, you can come too. To your small face, you can come. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a senior citizens fellowship. So we, we meet every, once a month. So we had a Bible study for yesterday, um, Sunday's edition, this last Sunday. And it was some, I was not the one that, um, even though we prepared the study together, I was not the one that taught. But the, the person who taught, he gave an illustration, which I'd never seen like that. You know, we're talking about um, sacrifices that Christians offer. You know, the sacrifice of believers. What do we offer as sacrifices that are acceptable to God? Now, in our study, we prepare one portion to emphasize to people that we're not doing these things to gain righteousness. We gain righteousness by what? Faith in Christ Jesus. Then he gave an illustration I've never seen like that before as he was teaching. He said, nobody obeyed any law to come out of Egypt. Did you notice that? That the law was given after deliverance. The law was not the prerequisite for deliverance. Everybody that went into a household that the blood of sacrifice was put on the doorpost was safe. I don't know whether you are getting my point. They didn't even check whether you committed a sin or you did not. They just said, look, you want salvation? Tomorrow night, an avenger, an angel of death is coming to town. He's going to wreak havoc in town. This is the only way you'll be safe. Enter into a home. Well, let me just add a few things to it. Participate in the sacrifice. Eat. Then make sure you are inside a door that has been painted with the blood. I don't know whether you're getting my point. They didn't ask you, make sure your hands are clean. No, nothing like that was asked. Make sure you're not owing anybody. Nothing like that. Make sure you confessed all your sins. Nothing like that was asked. All you needed was what? Just be inside the house. Let me put it like this. That's covered by the blood. There was no commandment. Like, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. It was not there. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It wasn't there. So all you needed for deliverance was what? Was what? Just be inside that house. And then, after that, if you really wanted deliverance, you walked out of Egypt. You followed Moses. All you needed 
to pass through the Red Sea or just show up for baptism. I don't know whether you are getting my point. <laughs> the Bible basically is a form of baptism. Are you getting my point? Now, the law, now listen to this. The law was given and Moses said to them that this is how you will live in the promised land. God told them specifically that these are the laws that you will live by in that promised land. That was how to establish them in the blessing, the prosperity, the comfort, everything he had planned for that promised land. But how did they, did they come out of Egypt? Did they obey any of the laws? Answer me. That's how righteousness is. We do not become righteous because of what we have done. No. We are made righteous. We are washed simply because we participated in what? The Passover. That's all. Which means that they gave free food you ate. Stay inside the house that's covered by the blood. When Moses is moving, follow him. There was no work on your own part. Now, what am I going to say? That's how it is with Christianity. We don't start praying. In fact, when we're putting that study together, what we had in mind was just because we're talking about acceptable sacrifices. You understand? So it's important people don't realize that we are doing these things because we want to attain to righteousness. No. We are doing them because righteousness is our nature. Doing what is right is normal to us. Now, back to our message for today. Victory is normal. Victory is what? Normal. normal. I've said this many times, and it's the truth. I have never in my house, we have never gathered to pray. My wife and my children, and we are praying, say, yeah, pray today. No witch will overcome us. Satan will not overcome. It's only a prayer point if it was an issue. I don't know whether you are getting my point. They can't. Somebody say they can't. They can't. Somebody will say sometimes, give an offering so that your enemies will not overcome you. You've seen all, all kinds of those things. I have never offered the Naira for victory in my life. Long ago I learned, I don't even know how long. People give an offering and they speak over it. I don't know how to speak over offerings. I'm not saying it's bad, I just don't know how to do it. There's one that is bad though, let me tell you the one that is evil. Speak over your offering. Send it on an errand. <laughs> Tell him, Go. Bring me prosperity. That is satanic. That is the easiest way to describe it. Go. Go, bring me answered prayers. Money. Don't insult this our God. Though. He's been very patient. He was slap slapping people, slapping people. I've heard stories recent times that he has dealt with people who insulted him like that. You're looking for trouble. This is how to get it. Let, before I tell you how to <laughs> get the trouble. Do you know bad sacrifices are deadly? You offer strange fire. You bring incense. The incense is not command. You are looking for trouble. Fire can come out of the presence of God and consume you. Those days, now I'm not saying God is like that. Just that Jesus is interested. They say if you want, if if a man, I mean those uh, traditional worship we learn those days, when they want to do, when they, when they want to do wickedness, they will go to issue. There's one God called issue. There are some things he doesn't like. They will go and offer it to issue. And say, my neighbor said I should give you. <laughs> Wicked people. They used to do things like that. Now, our God is not like that. Just remember that Jesus is very funny. Really, really, they'll do it. They'll offer sacrifices of things he hates. And say, on behalf of, they'll mention somebody's name, we have come. He said we should give you this. He said we should give you that. They know that they are begging for trouble for that guy. Our God is not like that, Amen. But I just don't want to underscore, underscore the fact that bad sacrifices are deadly. Who's offered a bad sacrifice? He died. And that was before God. 
So let's not just assume that anything we do is right. I'm trying to say something here. If you are looking for trouble, eh? now listen to these believers. Bring your next offering and say, go, bring me a motoka. The one you have, we jam. Offering doesn't move, does not bring anything. I don't know where we learned that thing from. Bad habits. I learned long ago just to give cheerfully. What is giving cheerfully? You know when I'm giving to my children, I've never told them what the money I'm giving to them will do for me. I've never done that. I give to them because I love them. And they are my responsibilities. Each one of them, they are my responsibilities. If they are going to school, it's my duty. It's my duty to take care of them. So it doesn't cross my mind what the money will do for me. When you are giving, please have that mindset. Your money is not an offering. Your cash is not an offering in that sense. When you are giving, you are just being a good Christian. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, that's what Christians do. Good Christians are givers. They are givers. It's that heart that loves God that's the real offering. That's the real sacrifice. Those sacrifices that are now express themselves in the handing, you know, in the handing out of cash or gifts and stuff like that. But those things themselves are not the sacrifices. What I'm going to say is that we don't do those things because we are trying to gain something. We are overcomers by nature. I hope you're getting my point. We are overcomers by nature. So when we're overcoming Satan, therefore, his schemes. You see, it's his schemes we're overcoming. It's not him himself. Him, we have overcome. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So now, Satan knows that. I hope you know he knows that. He does. If you read the story of Job, he knew his position. He's Christians that don't know. He knows. Have you considered my servant Job? No need to consider him any further. We tried it before. He knows where he can't go. He knows where he can go. And we have been establishing. So because of these things, what he does, therefore, is to try and beat us. Now, that's where I was going. You are an overcomer, but come out of the overcoming arena. Come to the struggling arena. You say you are powerful. Okay, come and wrestle. So people that God has put under protection, they want to come out and prove that they are powerful. They live where God has kept them to go to the devil's territory. They go to his stuff. A place where God said, don't go. You now sit down there and start praying to overcome. God says it doesn't work like that. Just get back to where I kept you. Now, living under the shadow of God to the devil's territory is what we call sin. I hope you're getting the point. That is what we call sin. And what he is doing is called tempting. Don't ever forget it. So what we are doing is making sure, this is overcoming we are talking about, we ensure that we don't give room to him. We saw that last time. James warned us about it. Peter warned us about it. We humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We don't give room to the devil. What the devil needs from us is space. So we just refuse him space. We're not trying to overcome him. We have overcome him. Is that trick that, come out, come out. Come, come. Just five minutes. That's what we now need to learn as children of God. You know, the way we talk to normal children, don't take anything from strangers. If anybody, any uncle, any auntie gives anything to eat, come and give mommy first. Are you, I hope you're getting my point. If they give you money, give to you know, you submit everything through mommy and daddy for processing. Why? They are children. You want them to be safe. In the same manner, we believers, that's what we do. We are God's children. So we learn. When Satan says, we say, <coughs> just five minutes, no minutes. Any temptation he gives us, we say, no. So that is what we are trying to study. Among the places where he thrives, we've seen it, we began with division. 
Let me just say that briefly again, all right? Like in a place like our nation, let's just look at that briefly. He thrives on division. He thrives on division. Boko Haram is not Nigeria's problem. I hope you know that. PDP is not Nigeria's problem. APC is not Nigeria's problem. What is Nigeria's problem? Should I tell you? It is called the Church of Christ in Nigeria. Any trouble you see is a reflection of what the church has done or has refused to do. Corruption is not a... Look, listen. Human beings are by nature corrupt, so don't worry about it. It's not Nigeria's problem. When you get to a place like the United States, one of the problems they complain about is racism. And I've observed it. Because of my... my well, I look... I, I read things closely. I watch some, some events. And I've observed the way their society runs. And I've talked to people who live there. I just realized simply what the Bible has taught us. Racism is... How do I say it? It's not the average American's problem. It's the problem of the church. If the church solves racism, in a few years, the whole of America will not know what is so-called. So if you see racism in America, it started in their churches. Slavery was taught from pulpits. If the church will arise, you know something when I see people, you know, in a place like the United States, almost every Christian Almost every black preacher I know is married to a black woman. Have you noticed that? And almost every white preacher I know is married to a white woman. That is, men. That is, they are all paired up and they'll be hugging themselves. Pure hypocrisy. If you want to know you are one, let me see mixed marriages. I don't see it. I don't see it. You can't camp. Oh, God. You cannot campaign integration. There's no need. Practice it, you that the church. The church is the leader. I don't know where I get my point. We are the light. Before God does anything, what does he say? Let there be what? Light. So when he wants to redeem a nation, you know what he says? Let there be church. I don't know whether you got that. Where he starts from is what? Entrance of light. So when he wants to redeem a nation, he says, let there be church. And when the church is established, he said, let the church walk in the light. When they walk in the light, the environment adapts to light. That's why the church is called the foundation and the pillar of truth in every society. So when you see, and listen, a house that's divided against itself cannot stand. So when you see Islam advancing, the church there is divided against itself. You must understand some things some religions, some ideologies, some institutions don't have any power in themselves. You may not, they may, physically, you understand something? Physically, they will look like they have it all. Let's look at Israel. Israel those days was a small country. But the amount of power the Assyrians had was dependent upon the integrity of the relationship Israel had with God. So, you see, they had, the Libyans were a great army. The Ethiopians were a great army. But Hanani said to um, is he Asa that they are not a problem. All you need to do was look to your God. He would have brought deliverance. He, has, he did it for him before. So next time, his, the northern brothers, Israel was attacking Judah. He said, you are not going to Syria, the, the people of Aram, to go and look for help. God says to a nation, let there be church. And there was church. Evangelism goes in. He raised a body of people. Say, now walk in the light. If those people walk in the light, 
there's no ideology that can trump them. If you see communism took over the whole of Russia and all the territories around, it's because the church, the Orthodox church was not working in the light. So communism was empowered and then drove them out. Everywhere, look, if America wants to solve raising problem today, the church leaders need to God's gather. And they will make serious sacrifices. I don't mean just praying, 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 praying. No, your daughter is 22. She wants to marry. Go and marry a black pastor. Otherwise, don't come back here. I'm serious. Tell the young men, black men, go and find me a white wife. If you don't, I'm not ordaining you. <laughs> I'm serious. If we do that, racism will vanish. I have found that racism is only as good as the church upholds it. And to a large extent, a lot of churches in the United States, they still uphold in their hearts racism. They do. They don't struggle to integrate. Once there is division, there will be an advancement of the forces of evil. In our nation, the same thing. If the churches, if the Christians will have a heart that receives one another, I will not accept that they can, they can be, they can be quarrels. You can, we can argue, we can argue, we can fight over some things. I mean, what is it? We can, look, we are alive. We will have small, offenses must come. You know, they have once in a while. Like I was telling the women today, I said the other day, I meditated about it. I said, that's why God said, for this culture, man be joined to his wife. Two of them, I joined them together. Nothing will put us under. Because once in a while, you, you, you look at that rope that God used to tie people together. You get fire. You want to burn it while God is not looking. But because he has given the law. Are you getting my point? That word. That period will last a day or two. They now realize that thank God this rope is not breakable. Let no, nobody put asunder. I hope you're getting my point. So it's not a big deal. If a husband and wife can have disagreements, why can't churches have it? So we have it, but we remain together. So I'm not saying that we will never have it. We can have a disagreement. But if churches will be united like that, pursuing the truth, there are some things that are fundamental in Christianity. Some things are not important. At that time, people were fighting. When the freeze took on the churches in Nigeria on Tyson Matter, how many people remember? That just a few months ago. Of course, because of the position God has given me amongst, I mean, in, in the airwaves, so it had, I came upon that, look, I had to come and talk about it. When I went there, I wasn't, many of you here know my opinion. But when I go on air, it's not time to be dividing people. Tight or no tight, the only thing I just said, if you remember, I don't know how many of you listen to it. One thing I established, I said, these are scriptures. Jesus said, this is not a weighty matter. I had my opinion, but that was not what I shared on air. What I just said on air that day is, Jesus said, what? It's not one of the weightier matters. I said, so please, can we put it where it belongs? It shouldn't divide us. I have two friends. Then I go to their churches to preach. They believed in tithing. I did not. We would discuss among ourselves. I'm the guest minister. Let's welcome him, me, on the same pulpit. We differed. And they knew. But because they also understood, that is not a weighty matter. Some say, oh, when are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? It's when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you speak in tongues. Some people say, no, it's not so. Paul said, Through, by one Spirit, we have all been baptized into one body. He says it's a new birth. That the baptism of the Spirit is not another, uh, is not the infilling. There's a difference between baptism and infilling. Have you heard that one before? That one is baptism. Baptism is with one Spirit 
by one spirit who have been baptized into one body. Every believer was baptized by the spirit. Pentecostal say no. It's when they lay hands on you, you are that thing that comes upon you is called baptism. Some people say not lie. That one is called infilling. At the end of the day, all of us agree that we have been washed and we're one body. Amen. All of us agree that we need an endowment from on high, right? Okay, call it any name you like. Call it the, the train, train, train of the Holy Spirit. doesn't matter. As long as at the end of the day, you walk in the Spirit, you walk in righteousness, and you manifest the power of the Spirit. Well, okay, call it any name. Those are things that are not important. Are you getting my point? Division always allows Satan to thrive. Nigeria, Boko Haram is not our problem. Islam is not our problem. Islam is not. Do you know what I found out? Radio ministry is powerful. I, I, Israel, I love this radio ministry now. I do. Especially, you know, we, we broadcast in places that have a lot, a heavy Muslim population. We broadcast in Kaduna. I, I, you know that, don't you? Oh, yeah, for some time we've been in Kaduna. You know, you know one of the things I found out? Muslims sit down in their houses and tune in and listen very well. There was one Muslim officer that was in Sudif many years ago. He was friends with one of my students. So that one came and told me, sir, I have a friend in the barracks here, a military officer, that the man is a Muslim, but he never misses your program for anything. Let me tell you the truth. This, don't, no, we Christians talk as if Islam is so powerful, we have to be careful of them. No, we don't need to worry about them at all. We need to worry about whether we are in unity with one another and whether we are preaching the truth. Many people doing evangelism, they are not preaching the truth, they are expanding their churches. So they, they tell you they are doing missions. They are not doing missions. They are expanding branches. If we actually preach the truth, you'll be surprised. Satan tries only when we decide to weaken ourselves. That's the point I'm trying to make. Now I'm talking about collectively and as a body. We weaken the body of Christ through divisions, through lying, lying with the word of God. You know, through adulterating the word of God. That's what it's called. Ado- you know what they call adulterate something? If you go and buy petrol now, when do you say it's adulterated? When they are poured maybe... You know what some people do? When kerosene is maybe cheaper. So those they went for will be scarce. So guys will take seven parts of petrol, mix three parts of kerosene. Of course, it will smell like, like the real thing. And it will burn quite well, except that after a while, the plug will start soothing up, you know? Uh-huh. That is when you add something else to the real thing. That is what they call adulteration. Refuse to adulterate. What I mean by adulterate is mix the word of God with other things. There are a number of things we mix the word of God with. One, we often mix God's word with our personal desires. Very common on Christian television. When we want to raise money, we, we turn the word of God around. That's one. Another thing we often do is mix the word of God with our traditions. We want to propagate our tradition. We find scriptures to support it. The tradition was not based on scripture. It was based on convenience. But we now use scriptures to try and support it. That's another one. A very common one we do these days, which appears good. Like I say all the time, the temptations of a good man is a good thing. Good people are not tempted with bad things because those things are not temptations. They are too glaring. Let me give you an example now. If you are broke, will somebody give you a gun to shoot somebody? And you call that temptation. If you call it temptation, I worry for you. Are you getting my point? It is not a temptation unless you have an inclination towards it. Do you get my point? That's, that's what I'm going to emphasize, okay? So when you want to tempt good people, you tend to tempt them with what appears good. 
So many times Christians, pastors, were tempted with mixed adulterating the word of God with politics. That's where I'm going. We make up our minds that somebody is bad, so we'll preach against him from the pulpit. We have a good intention. We don't want a Muslim to rule us, you know, that kind of thing. So, we mix the word with what? Politics. That's what we do. It appears good, but we'll come to church, and what we are doing is preaching politics. Not the pure word of God. That word has been what? Adulterated. Another thing we do <laughs> with God's word, we want to adulterate it, we mix it with business studies and motivational speaking. That's why if you enter any Christian bookshop, most Christian bookshops, most so-called Christian bookshops, you will not find Robert Ludlum there. Jeffrey Archer, all those secular um, novels, you won't find. You won't find the archaeology book. You won't find geology. You won't find most books. You won't find physics textbooks. Do you find them there? You won't find chemistry. You'll find core Bible teaching, the next motivational speaking, the next business books. Go and check. Go and check. It's always like that. It's always it is a, it's a thorough mix. Unconsciously, we've taken those two things and used them to adulterate the word of God. I'm telling you why Satan becomes strong. Why Islam will advance. Why other ideologies will creep in. If America is complaining today, now thank God for Donald Trump that's rescuing them from a lot of things. These are the things they did. So the word of God was no longer working in the environment. They were no longer the salt. They were no longer the light. They were no longer the salt of the environment. Other things began to grow that was not the word of God. That is, the ideal things that God wanted in the environment. And when they want to remedy it, we, that's what the mistake we make as, as Christians, as human beings. When we want to remedy such things, we don't look at the roots, at the cause. We start fighting, you know, politically. We want to start lobbying in the, in the legislative houses, vote a Christian so that they can, they can sponsor a good bill, they can vote for a good bill when it comes. You see a lot of effort. Sometimes I see them on TV. You see the effort you put in. I feel like calling my brethren and say, brethren, that's not what the problem is. The original problem was that, one, we divided ourselves into white churches. I'm talking Americans now. White churches, black churches. And, and we, you know, some divisions are for the purposes of evangelism. What I want to say is that if you speak a language, you can reach some people. Do you understand? But no, this is division that we are divided. We did that. We adulterated the word of God. If you see the doctrine on divorce and remarriage in those countries, it cannot be explained from the scriptures. But they hold on to those things tight. Then they now want there to be no gay marriage. Why won't there be gay marriage? I don't know whether you are following my point. There will be. Once you, by yourselves, you weaken in your own practice the true marriage, then everything is permitted. Then everything is permitted. If as a pastor I can, I can divorce my wife on Monday, then by Saturday I marry this, the chief choir leader, and the church is not empty on Sunday, then we have a problem. As for me, divorcing my wife is normal. People can crease. It's not a sign of what's going on in the church. Me marry one stupid girl on Saturday. It's normal. Now we have two mad people in that denomination, right? But on Sunday, all of you came back. Then all of you are mad with me. <laughs> then, then everybody's abnormal. Then we start making excuses for what is bad. Listen, people of God, that is when Satan gets the upper hand. I've talked about division. 
I've talked about what? Adulterating the word of God. Every walk of the flesh, we've talked about it. That's how Satan gains the upper hand. If we walk in any walk of the flesh, whether it is division or um, unforgiveness, or, you know, fleshly desires, whatever it is. And so Satan, what he does, that is where he is strong. That is what he tries to do. He knows this is the only way I have power over these people. Let's go back to Balaam. You know how Balaam solved his problem? The other day we counted how many things he sacrificed. Seven goats, seven bullocks, in how many altars? You know what I mean? Like, how many times did he do that? Each time it was seven, seven. He did that at least. Twelve. How many times? Okay, three times. Now, that number of animals he sacrificed, what did he get for him? Nothing. I've heard pastors preach that, ah, if they sacrifice a goat against you, you will sacrifice a cow. Which one is bigger, goat or cow? <laughs> cow. So the sacrifice of a cow will nullify everything goat was used to place in your life. So normally, what they now do is to receive the offering of what? The cow. Verily, verily, I say unto you, it is a lie. The whole aim of that teaching is that offering. I'm sorry I have to say this, but it's the truth. I heard a man say that, even if it's a cow they sacrifice, I will sacrifice a Mercedes Benz. That one day I gave out a Mercedes Benz, it nullified all the sacrifices. Why? Which one is costlier? Is it a goat or my Mercedes Benz? The Mercedes Benz is costlier, so it nullified the sacrifices of cow. I hope you know that is a joke. The man must have a degree in alibabarism. Yes? Because even talking on that level, those things, they don't, money and blood, they don't, they don't rank. You can't rank them. The cost of a Mercedes Benz is not, it can't say anything about the blood sacrifice. But that's not the issue. The issue is that no matter the sacrifice, what the Balaam say, it doesn't work. So don't worry about what was sacrificed against you. Understand something, it does not work. I need to say that again. Let nobody preach to you concerning the quality of the sacrifice used against you. No one thing for sure. It does not work. Balaam sacrificed everything. At the end of the day, he gave a verdict. It doesn't work. Let's get that clear. So did Balaam not walk away? He didn't walk away. He called Balak to decide and explained to Balak that the only way you can get these people is to make them walk away from the place where God hits them. That is the only way you can get these people. So he told Balak, you know what to do? Declare the feast of Dagon. Declare the feast of Ashtoreth. Diana, whatever be the God they had, call it any name. Then advertise for them. Say, Ali Baba is coming. Agodai will be there. Invite some Christian musicians too to come. That's all. And then make sure that the, the flyers are shared out by girls with tight jeans, ripped jeans. Where they tear from here. That one works. You know some jeans there. Please, Christian women, are you alright? Why would you be tearing your clothes? If I pray for you that poverty in your life, you reject it. Rags. God will bless you this year with rags. You will you collect. Then why do you use your hand to buy rag? I don't understand. You know, now small small person they take clay so. <laughs> Starting the morning. Anyway, let's leave that one. Let's teach that message. 
So that was what they did. Israel followed and God turned against them. Now, by the time 23,000 people died, okay, it was not just anger. Anger is part of it. The second side was prevention of spread of decay. God had to remove those people because we were bringing decay into the camp. I hope you are getting my point. Balaam and Balak, they found a trick. Remember, they did all the normal things. It did not work. So they said, what do we do? Let's use our devices. So they spread that one, invited the men to come, and they went foolishly. When you want to poison a rat, don't you offer it food? Satan is offering you something. You should know there's poison inside. The only protection you have in life is obedience to the word of God. No matter how good it is, the thing they are offering is bad. Once it disagrees with what God has spoken concerning you, it is wrong. It's bad. No matter how good, no matter the explanation they have, it's a trick. Balaam didn't back down simply because um, 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 he had done the sacrifices and it didn't work. It didn't work, we know. But what did he do? He called Balak. Balaam said, this is, this is the only thing you can do. This one, no sacrifice will be able to defend them. And listen to me, people of God, it worked. People that Balaam, Balak could not kill died by themselves in the camp. Please, I hope you are following what I'm going to say here. It's important we get this point. So these are the things. One, we've, we've talked about division. We're talking about uh, 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 as a people, in a whole church, Boko Haram is not powerful enough to do anything in this country. We are the ones that give out the territory. And, and that's the next thing I want to remind us of. Again, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. Our words are powerful. When we use wrong words, even God turns against us. Go and read that numbers again, that context. Okay? No, no, no that one was number 23. Okay? Which, okay, numbers 13, 14. When God told Israel, enter the promised land, they said no. He said, according to what you have said, that's what I will do to you. They said, we are not able. So they were not able. We were down in the wilderness, so they died in the wilderness. You see where I'm going? That's why, you know, one of the problems the church in Nigeria has had. Why am I talking about Nigeria today? So that we understand. Buari is not our problem. Atiku is not the solution. Are you getting my point? Now, I'm not saying don't vote for Atiku. That's, so. That's not campaign. The current president is not the problem. So you cannot vote him out to solve it. You can vote for anybody you like. But the current head of state is not our problem. Returning him will not solve the problem. Removing him will not solve the problem. It will not. That's what I'm trying to say in all of these things. It won't. It will not solve the problem. It's solving these other things that will solve the problem. I believe, I'm so sure of it, the key to Nigeria's problem is called the body of Christ. In fact, when I learned it, I became even more deliberate in my preaching. Because I know the church needs to know the truth, practice the truth, if the nation is going to go forward at all. The church must know the truth, practice it. I hope you're getting my point here. In our personal lives, how do we overcome Satan? I'm just reviewing everything I've been saying. So, we stop speaking against what God has spoken. Like I gave an example now. That, that's why I was going when I went into all of that. So, the church sometimes will unite. We unite only when it's bad time to do what is wrong, evil. There was a time we united in praying against the head of state. Can you remember that time? We were not 100% united because I was not part of that evil unity. I know many people that were not part of it. They wanted the man to die. They did not know that some of us were praying that he would live. And he lived. And they were disappointed. And he's still living. 
And it's not going to die until God says by himself it is time. And if we had been able to kill him, which we had, I hope you know we had the power. If all of us had united and said die, he would have died, especially if he had his own sins lumped up, you know, packed up against him. So people prayed for him, they cried for mercy, and he lived. Now, the church came to unity at a particular point in time on some evil things, which is very, very bad. Then they come to unity sometimes on negative things like cut the country in pieces. Let each person go his way. Now, let me tell you how Satan gets power over a nation like ours. Remember, where, where is the solution? The church, right? Now, let me ask you. When a Christian, especially a minister, gets up and says, cause the country, let each person go his way. Have you seen what he has done? He has stopped uniting himself with the church. He has now united himself with his geographical area of origin, naturally. That's why he would boldly say, cut it, let each person go his way. But if he saw himself or herself as part of the church in Kebi, he couldn't say that. If the fellow recognized that the church in Kaduna is my brother, we are part of the same body, you don't want them to be caught. Do you get my point? You are thinking of them constantly. Let me say it again. When we open our mouths and declare against the counsel of God, we are weakening ourselves and strengthening the enemy again. We don't have to carry gun and go to battle just in our homes, we open our mouths and start declaring against, against God's counsel. And how you know you, de- you are declaring against God's counsel? You are not speaking after righteousness. You are just reacting to what you perceive as evil in the environment. And what do you call evil? What you don't like? Like one of my colleagues will say, one of my young, younger colleagues, you say, sir, don't mind them. They have never traveled. When, I, when people in the south are shouting, cut it, cut, cut, he said they have never traveled. He said it's obvious. When anybody opens his mouth and talks, just know he has never traveled. He was born in um, Oka, grew in Onitsha. Do you understand? Primary school in Oka, secondary school in Onitsha. University, UNN. <laughs> Are you getting my points? NYC. Abakili. <laughs> no, no, NYC, let's even push it for Delta. Let's push it. Uh, Delta, Edo, it's still the same thing. It's still down here. People like that will now come. Yeah, come the country. He has never been to ordinary Abuja. He doesn't know where it is. Okay, no, it's on the map. You've never been there. Where's our young woman that came here the other day? I was shocked to find Yoruba people in Enugu. I said, where is she? How are you? Yeah, fine. I hope you enjoy yourself. We'll marry you to one Namdi before you go. <laughs> young woman, she didn't know that were Yoruba people in Enugu. She was looking at me like a spirit, wanting to touch. Okay, are you real? It's people like that that think they can divide the country. God has redeemed you, amen. You have gone far now. Amen. Maybe your first will be coaching you. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, what's the point I'm making? So that guy told me that he says, sir, well, now we're talking about north-south matters now, okay? He said they have never been anywhere. He said he used to be in Kebi. You understand? And he's from Anambra here. He lives in Enugu currently. He said if they have traveled, there are statements they will not make. But we are speaking from the counsel of God. We know God, he he arranged this because he had a plan. That name, the church in Nigeria, is very important to him. I like the way the Anglicans call it. Church of Nigeria. Anglican Communion. You know, I think that's the, all of us should join the Anglican Church. All of us. (laughs) Catholics, Pentecostals, let's just join the Anglican Church. I like, you know, I, I like that description that the Anglicans use. They call it the Church of Nigeria. Oh, God. 
is the church of Nigeria. I, I like that. Now listen to me. What I'm saying so is that, look, God actually has that plan that is called the church in Nigeria. That is, he tied it together and there is a purpose for it. That's why I can get up and go to Kaduna and go and preach. That's why I can get up and be broadcasting the word of God. From here, we are broadcasting in Kaduna. I was telling you earlier, we broadcast where else? Oh, up there. Yeah, Ebida, right? Bida, that's Niger State. We're in Bida. We're in Ke- um, Kefi. That's Nasarawa. We cover parts of Abuja with some of these broadcasts. We get as far as Kaduna. Now, Lokoja, that one is uh, that one's a history. We did Lokoja long ago. I don't need any permission from anybody. Once I have my money, I go anywhere. Almost every year, I go to Sokoto to preach. No visa, no paper field. I just bought a plane from Abuja, land in Sokoto, stay there for five days, finish preaching the word of God, and I come back. A few, a few weeks ago, Pastor Corey asked me that, please, we have a program in Meduguri. You will be coming. I said, no, I beg. That month, I was, I was tired of traveling. He was in Meduguri telling me, come. Come over to Macedonia and come and join us. <laughs> and he did, I, mean, I don't know how many of you I showed the pictures to. Did a massive program in Meduguri there. Naturally born in Edo State. So when we talk about the church of Nigeria and the church in Nigeria, God has a plan for it. So we must never donate our power to the devil by saying, cut it. I hope you are getting my point. When we do it, we are weakening our own strength. We are strengthening our enemy. Our words are very important. Our words are very important. Remember what we said the other time? Every time in life, we are being, it's been, demand is being made of us to say something. What you say is what either empowers, the, empowers God in your life or empowers Satan. And Satan knows that. So it's constantly working so you will say something that is negative. It's constantly working. So you put a check on your mouth. When God wanted to walk in the house of um, Zachariah and Elizabeth, once it began, now I'm convinced. I am convinced that the faith of Elizabeth was what God used to bring John. But because Elizabeth was a married woman, the angel went to go and talk to the husband. Now, the Bible doesn't give us any account, I suspect. They first went to talk to Elizabeth, and then went to talk to the husband. The man opened his mouth and started talking nonsense. So the angel said, this is risky. Uh, one of the things, I think I should mention it again briefly, is about empowering Satan in your life. Be careful the environment you, you hang around with. If somebody doesn't have faith like you, don't discuss your matters with the person. I'm not talking about hiding it like, let them not come and wait for you on the road now because you want to travel. That's not what I mean. I mean, you have to make serious decisions. You know when you know Christians who are looking for liars to talk to them? They want to make critical decisions. The person they are asking advice from is an unbeliever. Like one of my friends where he walks, where a lot of people carry their children, their wife and children, carry them abroad. He said, one thing he tells some of them when they are talking. Say, look at who you are discussing with. Where is his wife? Where is his wife abroad? Where are the children with her abroad? What does he do on weekends? Don't you see the girls he carries? Now you want to plan the future of your family? That is the person you are sitting with. He's not missing his wife. He's not. There are too many ladies of easy virtue that are stepping in for her all the time. So he will not be lying that, you know, I have to keep him abroad because of the, you know, the future of the children. They have a be, you know, you know, those countries give opportunities to your children. The oath that is talking. 
He never went there. God gave him the, the, the kind of opportunity that's giving him the resources to, to, to fund it. But God is going to retire me by the time his children grow up. So he needs to look for a human agency to establish them. I get angry when I get to some position, to some points in all these discussions. So my brother said, what annoys him is he will tell them that, look at who you are asking for counsel. Be careful who speaks words into your life. That's what I'm going to say. People of faith, they are the ones you discuss matter with. Now, you see where I'm, where I'm going in the moment. Satan is strengthened with negative words, no matter where it's coming from. Ah, hey. Husband and wife, never use negative words for what your spouse is doing. I mean, if it's important. Even if you are not sure, you don't know how to handle it, just keep quiet. Discuss it amongst yourself. But don't, eh, leave him now. That's all he, he does all the time. At the end of the day, we are the ones that will suffer it. We will go broke. He will lose money. Nothing will work. You know, you think you are complaining, you are prophesying. One after the other. We will go broke. Nothing will work. We will suffer it. The children will be hungry. I will be hungry. My clothes will tear. You know? One prophetic word after another. And when you don't buy a new one, you know the old one is here now. That's what I mean. And you say that one after the other. You know what's, what's happening? You think you are complaining, but you're actually prophesying. Even if you're not sure of what to say, just be silent. In Elizabeth's case, the husband was the problem. Thank God for the wisdom of Gabriel. Gabriel said, wait, 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 wait. I'm not part of, no, endeavors that don't work. If you are the one that will spoil this endeavor, that's it, oh. So when they say, is it true your wife is pregnant? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that woman would have miscarried if that man had continued talking. You think God doesn't suspend spiritual laws just because he wants to do something. He doesn't. He makes sure, he just arranged, <laughs> he told Gabriel, if, if you get there, that is, if the guy talks nonsense, you know what you do? You, you dumb him, you know, you can blind somebody, you can dumb the person. Now they do the guy. Why was he silent so that he won't spoil it? You know, many pastors in Nigeria, they should be silenced. And some people, that's why they have been silent. They don't know why they don't have money to do anything. Because if I give you money, there will be war in Nigeria. Say, there will be war. If I give you money, you go to television. If you preach three times, everywhere will catch fire. So the church is perpetually broke. Or sometimes it will give them a building project that they can't complete. You know, when God wants to frustrate you. No, you don't know about God. Just tell one evil spirit, go and tempt him. Sell him cheap land. <laughs> the church will buy it. Ah, the pastor will say, breakthrough. God is there. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you now get one architect that has ideas. <laughs> the guy will draw, that is, he will draw something massive and do it like the typical Nigerian worker. Say, okay? No, we can't do it. It's not too expensive. Like how much? It's not too much. That's what you go start. Let's just start. <laughs> All your church income for three years will just be enough to start the foundation. <laughs> I will, I, I, no, so the actor will tell you, he will show you the 3D. He will give you the 3D. Mold it for put it on your table. Ah! Man of God, it's going to be the talk of town. It's God that sent a lying spirit. <laughs> In the next few years, God has collected all the resources he has. 
He has invited all kinds of money raisers. They are still doing German floor. You know what God has done? He has distracted him from media. Distracted him from radio, from television, so that there will be peace. Those that he used to preach to before, they say, oh, what's happening? Pastor is building. He's bogged down with a building project. It, I'm God works different ways. Zechariah was made dumb so that Elizabeth will not miscarry. A man came to Jesus. Please, pray for me. Jesus said, in this village, you will go blind again. Come, follow me out. He dragged him out, prayed for him. The, the negative vibe in, this, in the village was still there. Jesus prayed for him. Can you see anything? I see men as trees. Oh, <laughs> That is the only, read your Bible. That was the only time Jesus had to wind to, to help somebody. <laughs> Later on, him the second time. Say, now I see clearly. Say, oh, well, don't go back to that. <laughs> no, you can't read your Bible. Jesus needs to pray for somebody two times. That was the only guy that managed to get Jesus to pray twice on one matter. Why? Because the negative environment in that place, it was so strong, Jesus had to drag him out. Now, why did he drag him out? Because even he couldn't help him inside there. And after that, I told him, please, don't go back there. Don't go back there. That's what I'm saying. Look, Satan, some people, work, they work for Satan. We should talk about that one today. Avoid Satan's agents. Now, please, I don't mean avoid. Did I say avoid witches? What did I say? Your father... Your mother, your best friend, your pastor sometimes. I know what I'm saying. No? Just hear them talk. Once you start seeing words that are not in agreement with God, disappear. Honor your father and your mother. Don't worry. There's another way to honor them. Thank God for phone app that transfers money. Transfer money periodically to greet them. Don't discuss your matter. Don't. Negative words are powerful. Elizabeth would have miscarried if Zachariah was not shut up. What I'm telling you is not a joke. Avoid Satan's agents. People that every time they sit down, they tell everything that's wrong in the country. As Wilson went on strike. You see, I told you. This country, today one of my classmates sent something out. He gave us a list. Please, I need you to hear this. He wrote a long list of how many months Aso has been on strike over since... Said 99, five months. 2001, three months. 2002, two weeks. 2003, six months. Ended in 2004. 2005, three days. 2006, one week. 2007, three months. And the total of this one I've told you is four years and six months. So I looked at it. I said, wait. He said, look, look at it. Between 1999 and 2007, of, of Basanjo and Atiku Stenio as president, Nigerian University were on strike for a total of four, cumulative four years and six months. They were shot. So I picked the figures. I added it together. I said, bros, this comes to 14 months by my primary school calculation. He said, no, get the message inside. He <laughs> said, I should get the message. That there's a message inside the thing. What message is there? You gave me a long list. I just, because it's a very long write-up, I just extracted and pushed it back to the group. I said, guys, please, how does this total to four years and some six and six months? The guy said, no, I should leave that side. I should get the message. <laughs> I said, you're not serious. 
How do I get the message with wrong facts? That's, that's what I mean by Satan's agents. They, they will tell you that you see, if, 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 you, if this was America, your graduation day has been set even before you enter the school. Those are Satan's agents. Always looking for what to use to wear down your faith. They will never amplify what is good. Everything they amplify is what is wrong. They have made decisions on their wrong facts and they need to persuade you that they are right. When you find people like that, disappear from them. Don't discuss your matter with them. See, let me explain. Look, where you spend your time affects how your business does. I don't know whether you are following my point. That is why, please, use this your technology. This your phone. This your tab. Please use it. Load it with messages. Words drawn from the word of God that will help you, you know, build faith in your heart constantly. Listen to me. Faith will prevent you from sinking even if there's a flood. So some people say that, no, you have been touched with reality. It's not reality. I'm looking for power to float about, above reality. When Peter began to sink, Jesus never said, it's because he was not in touch with reality. If he knew the reality, he would have known that you don't invest in stormy weather. You don't put your life savings and start a business when things are not working. Before election, is not the right time to invest in the community. You, know, you should understand that dollar is moving. You know? When they asked Jesus, why did Peter's business fail? He said it's unbelief. All the analysis about the situation of the country, Jesus is not getting involved in. Why did bro Peter sink in the economic storm? Why did this sink in the financial storm? Jesus never said, you know, he did not strategize well. He said it was because of what? Unbelief. He said, why did you doubt? Please don't waste my time. Look, this, this is Christianity. I decided to live my life by another power. You know how people say, check up, check up, check up. All those checkups that uh, doctors advise you to do. I don't do one of them, one. One like this. One. And I, uh, one. <laughs> I don't do anyone. I'm sorry, yo. He said, what if, what if what? Let me assure you, Abraham did not check anything. See how long he lived. Jacob didn't even know what there was anything to check. See how long he lived. You make up your mind how you want to live your life. I've made up my mind how I want to live my own. I've made up my mind. My family. We succeed by the manifestation of the grace of God. That is why I have never looked for money to send any of my children to any expensive school. Expensive school? I have never tried it. I'm not interested. I like the peace of God that passes all understanding that does not think of school fees. You know what doesn't bother me? I don't believe all, all this big, big money is going to add or remove. or any, It's just... I don't know. If I'm in the place where uh, going to expensive school is normal, I, will, I have so many alternatives. And I'm not a gluten for punishment. No, really. You know what, what I'm saying is, I've made up my mind, their success in life must be a manifestation of God's favor. And where you are looking for favor from will be shown in the where you put your effort into. If you are looking for favor from human structure, you will put your effort in it. You will build up money, save up money, Harvard, this and that. You must go to Harvard, MIT, go, go, go. look for money, look for money, sell land, refuse to help anybody else because you yeah, must go to an Ivy League school. If you are looking at it from God, 
is effort. You remember to rise up at night. I have found a position where God answers me more than any other one. And said, Father, I want to tell you about my children. Bless them, keep them, increase them, protect them. Let no evil come upon them. Let them not do evil. Make them prosper in life. Expand them like you expanded Jabez. And let, he said, <laughs> your brothers will save you. Let people who have run up and down come back and save them. In Jesus' name, amen. I leave it there. I'm not saying it's a sin to pay too much money. If it comes to you naturally and you have too much money, you know, you know too much money must be spent too much too. You can't keep it somewhere. So I'm not angry with anybody who's paying 10 million. You know, some people hear school fees. You hear the school fees, it's 1.5 million a term. You now say, is that child doing PhD? He said, no, it's primary school. <laughs> oh, I, when I give the 1.5 million, you were waiting. It's primary school. I said, eh, is it not this A, B, C, D? They are going to lend there too. I don't care how they are teaching your children. I ain't giving anybody 1.5 million naira a term to teach somebody A, B, C, D. <laughs> I'm not saying it's evil, no. If I was hotel dollar, maybe I would pay ten million a term, just so that the money can go around. Listen, you are not teaching anything more than the other people are paying two hundred naira a term. Leave that thing. My friend, who's a neurosurgeon today, eh? My colleague, he said he went to a Jack on this school. I said, which one is Jack on this school? He said those schools with block now here they reach the rest now empty space of Paco. I said what? He said we did not have a physics teacher. And he became a doctor. He said, I read my physics by myself. He said, brain surgeon today. He said, when I realized I had to pass jam, I told my father I wanted to study medicine. He said, I had to read. Some people paid $50,000 a year, and the children came out smoking in their So like I said, you can pay anyone you want if you have it. But your effort, your focus, must be where? In the word of God. That is, know where your help comes from. Before you spend money on the child, pray for the child first. And I don't mean perfunctory prayer. I pray for you in Jesus' name. Go. Your faith is in money. No. It is the money I'm spending just because that is where you are going. I've made up my mind. My life will be a manifestation of God's grace. A friend of mine said, even if you offer his child a scholarship to Harvard, he said they are not going. He said, Harvard is taking too much glory from God. And of course, let's check that. Think about it. You have to be the best of the best. To even pass their entrance exam. They now tell you they made it. They didn't make you. If you want to show me you have power, go to your leg bar. Close your eyes. Speak two boys without looking. <laughs> then I know you can do something. I mean, a man will go to UNN in Enugu. He has to get a first class for you, for you to call, at least a second class for you to consider him. Federal government pays university fees for him. He pays only 30000 a year for three years. Does a master's here first. Then he wants to get a second one. Then he writes your exam, having studied by himself for hours. Then he passes. You now come training for 18 months. You now tell him it's a Harvard product. It's an insult. If Harvard wants to show me what they can do, eh? come to Obete. Close your eyes. Pick one barrel boy. Do like this. Pick one boy, one normal secondary, uh, secondary school there. Drag the two of them to Harvard. Then begin your work. Then start. They will know that you are producing something. But the ones that we have finished producing, that you just help us polish at the edges. All you do is file it now, some paper. We don't carve, 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 carve. You don't carry some paper. Shh, shh, shh. With our money, 
send it back. He said, look at how beautiful sculpture that Harvard produced. Now we cut the rock. Now we chisel the rock. Now we hammer the rock. Now we do everything. But then some rough edges there, we give them to you. You polish and return, say, Harvard makes sculpture. Nonsense. What did I say? My children must be products of the grace of God. So that's why my wife taught them, my wife and I, when you ask my children, how are you? They say, I am taught of the Lord and great is my peace. That is their answer. Grab any one of them. You ask, Victory, how are you? I'm taught of the Lord. Great is my peace. That's the answer. Even when it's not feeling well, how are you feeling? What you meant is, I hope you, your body is better. And the first answer is, yeah, I'm taught of the Lord and great is my peace. Because it must be a manifestation of the power, the grace of God. For that reason, I don't let anybody give me satanic words. Hang it around me. No? Tell me anything negative, I will fight you back. This country is not good. This country is very good. I've walked people out of my office before because they opened their mouth and talked nonsense. I said, my friend, get up and get out. Well, I said, get out. The boy didn't know what he did wrong. He, didn't, he entered my office and said that there can't be uninterrupted power supply. What did he say? Nigerians can't afford uninterrupted power supply. I, I felt like insulting because I know his father used to work in Nepal. I wanted to say, now your papa and cool now. They don't spoil everything. But you know, because you are a lecturer, this is your student. I just want to say, I said, get up. I said, get out. I said, get out. The boy, I said, get out. When they say good is coming, say, how can these things be? God said, you will see, you will not eat of it. I hope you're getting my point. Don't let people inject unbelief into your environment. Don't let it happen. Nobody should be allowed to inject unbelief into your environment. These things, they matter. Listen, what makes people triumph in life is not the physical effort, it's the spiritual effort. And in this country, please, don't let anybody, don't, you are a Christian, you are a Christian, you are the hope for the future. I'm serious, you are God's hope. When they start all this tribal talk, don't get involved. Trying to divide the country, people from here like this, people from here like this, and you are talking like that. That's how you won't get a good husband or a good wife. Some people, because of the talk in their life, God has prepared Jezebel for them from their village. They've talked so much nonsense. God said, how, how do I kill this boy? It's all right. He believes that if you marry your tribesman, everything will be okay. All right. Where's Jezebel? She's around. Send her to his village. Let her go to church for three weeks. Then he will come. She will be in the choir when he arrives. <laughs> Christmas. Girl will join, join choir. And you know, don't learn how to worship. We worship you alone. <laughs> then, then an evil spirit will come and say, what do you think? Arise, kill and eat. He will propose to her. She will be from the village. Don't worry. Then after six months of marriage, he's not sleeping in his own house again. When you see he wear, wear dark glasses, it's not Apollo. It's hot oil. And they take baptizing face. He has, I'm telling you. That God will deliver him. That was just a curative measure. Because that girl will now backslide and run away with another man. Thereby freeing him. The next time they say you want to marry, say the girl's from Kaduna. say, ah, it's okay. It doesn't matter. You say, we're all one in Christ Jesus. We're all one in Christ. All the love for Anambra people disappeared. <laughs> He said, sorry, I, 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 I didn't mean Kaduna. I meant, I wanted to say Cameroon. He said, it doesn't matter. You see, in Christ Jesus, there's neither. <laughs> David said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Now I have been killed. <laughs> now I obey your word. Now these are the things we do. Listen, these are the things we do. And Satan is empowered in our lives. Let me summarize my message with this. 
Listen to me. We have overcome. Amen. Please go and listen to the series. We have a series like that. We have overcome. We have overcome. Amen. We are overcomers. Amen. Let me say it again. In Christ Jesus, we have overcome. Amen. Let's rise to our feet. Let's just give thanks. That's what we're going to do. Let's just give thanks. Let's say, Father, we thank you. Let's just give thanks because we have overcome. And Satan cannot take advantage of us. We dedicate our words to Christ again. We use our words. We speak only his words. And Satan cannot take advantage of us. Let's thank the Lord that the word of God dwells within us. Just open your mouth. Say, Father, I thank you because your word dwells within me. Say, Father, I thank you because your word dwells within me. Your work dwells within me. Your words, they dwell within me. The word of Christ is within me. The word of Christ is within me. Lord, I thank you. Because that word is transforming me. It's, it's changing me. It's making me conformable to your image. Say, Father, I thank you. Because I speak words of wisdom and I speak words of truth. Because your word dwells within me. The Bible says that a good tree will bring forth good fruit. Say, Father, I have good fruit. Because your word dwells within me. Father, I thank you. that I have good fruit because your word dwells within me. Your word is within me. Your word is in my heart. Say, Father, I thank you that your word dwells within me. Say, Lord, I thank you because your word dwells within me. Your word is healing me. Your word is giving me wisdom. Your word gives me grace. Your word lifts me up. Your word empowers me. Your word makes me wise, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you because your word dwells within me. It makes me a salt to the environment. Say, Father, I thank you because your word dwells within me. And it helps me to hear your word. Say, Father, I thank you for your mercies upon my life. Your word in my life is mercy. Say, Father, I thank you that your word dwells in my heart. Your word in my life is mercy. Say, Lord, I thank you that your word indeed is working with me, is working in me, and it is healing my diseases. I thank you that your word is working in me, and it makes me see clearly. Say, Lord, I thank you that your word works within me. It empowers me for life. It empowers me for living. Say, Lord, I thank you that your word dwells within me. Therefore, I'm not carried away by all kinds of doctrine, by false doctrine. Father, I thank you that your word dwells within me. It dwells richly within me. It causes me to prosper. I thank you that your word dwells within me. It makes me fruitful. It gives me victory over sin. Your word makes my feet sure. Father, I thank you that your word feeds my faith. Therefore, I have faith indeed. Say, Lord, I thank you that your word feeds my faith. Feeds my faith. And therefore, I speak words of faith. I speak words of wisdom. I speak words of grace. Father, I thank you that your word dwells within me. Blessed be your name, eternal Father. Let's thank the Lord for our life. Say, Lord, I thank you for my life. I thank you that I'm in Nigeria. I thank you that I'm a candidate of Christ. Say, Lord, I thank you that I'm your representative on earth. That everywhere I go, I'm carrying your counsel. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to deliver your counsel in my workplace. I thank you for the opportunity to carry your counsel and bring it to my workplace. I thank you because your counsel is reigning in my home. I thank you because because of me, your counsel is at work in any good state. Say, Lord, I thank you that your counsel is at work in Nigeria through me. Say, Father, I thank you because your counsel is within me. I thank you for your word. I thank you for life. I thank you because indeed it is well with me. 
I thank you, Lord, because I have wisdom and understanding. I thank you, Lord, because it is well with my children. It is well with members of my family. I thank you, Jesus, because I can come before you and ask, Lord, and pray, Lord, concerning my environment, and things begin to change. I thank you, Father, because indeed I am the light of the world. I am a light to this generation. I am a light to my environment. Say, Father, I thank you for your mercies upon my life. I thank you for the truth is in me. I thank you because it is well with me. I thank you because it is well with my children. I thank you for your abundant provisions. Because indeed I do not lack anything good. I thank you Lord because you have set me in a family. And it is well with me. I thank you Jesus because I am taught of the Lord. I thank you Father for the environment in which you have placed me. I thank you Lord that I am not lost. I am not lost. I am not amongst those that are scattered abroad. Father, I thank you. Because I carry you. I carry Christ within me. Because indeed my body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Father, I thank you. Lord, we worship you. Father, I thank you. For the privilege to hear your word. For the, un, the privilege to understand your word. Father, I thank you. For your word is in me. I thank you for the appreciation that I have for the word of truth. I thank you, Lord, because you have set me in a good family where the true word of God is taught. I thank you because I'm not confused. I thank you because indeed my life is in your hands. Blessed be your name, eternal Father. I thank you because indeed the lines are falling for me in pleasant places. I thank you because my future is sure. My future is assured. My future is established in you. I thank you because the future of my children is assured. It is established in you. I thank you, Lord, because we are not afraid of the diseases that is killing people. I thank you. Because I have victory over sin. I have victory over death. I have victory through Christ. Indeed, I am more than a conqueror. Say, Father, I thank you. I thank you for light. Because there is light in my life. The light of Christ illuminates me. Through and through, Father, we bless you. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, eternal Father, for the privilege to come before you. That my name is mentioned with Christ. That I am a child of Christ. That I am a son of God. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the sacrifice of Christ that delivers all things for me. I thank you that my sins are washed clean. I am whole in you. Father, I thank you. Blessed be your name, eternal Father. Be thou exalted King of glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, we thank you. Your word is true. Your word is true and it dwells within us. Your word transforms our lives. Day by day, we are being made into the image of Christ. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you because we are not mere men. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be representatives of Christ everywhere. Father, we thank you because indeed it is well with us that though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we are not afraid. Our confidence is of you. Our assurances are of you. Lord, we thank you because you speak to us and you speak through us and our counsel is of the Lord. Father, we thank you because we are not lost. Father, we thank you because we are not confused. Because the counsel of the Lord is what dwells within us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because we have become good trees that bring forth good fruit. Through Christ in the name. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Because we hear your voice and we respond to you. We are able to identify your voice and we respond to it. Father, we thank you. Because our future is in your hands. And that future is sure. It's as sure as anything. It's as sure as sure itself. Father, we thank you. Because Christ attends in 
to every situation of our lives. Because indeed, angels are on assignment for our own sakes. Father, we thank you that because of us, it is well with this nation. We thank you that because of us, it is well with this state. Blessed be your name, eternal Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Praise the Lord. All right, let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, let's go. Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Quickly bless three people around you, please. Say, this is your season. Multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. Two more people. One more person. This is your season of multiplication. Before you say it for yourself, I feel like declaring it. This is your season of financial increase. In the name of Jesus Christ. Watch out. God is opening a financial door for you. In the name of Jesus. That business you have done for years is about to blow open to a greater measure. In the name of Jesus. There was a time you struggled for men to pay you 10,000. Now you'll be doing them a favor to accept half a million. And you will not do what you have not done before. It's that same thing that you have been faithful in doing in the last five years. In the last ten years. God is breathing a new level of grace upon it. In the name of Jesus. Listen, your life lack is broken. I said poverty is broken. Struggles broken. Now declare for yourself, this is my season. This is my season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Cheryl, brethren. God bless you. See you on Saturday.